0: In this episode, Eric shares the benefits of detachment as you journey towards higher levels of consciousness. Acknowledge the things that hold your mind in place and learn to free yourself from them. It is through detachment that your mind begins to breathe. Embrace the pivotal, universal moments that enrich the soul. Enjoy.
2: There was a case that I had seen recently of which I've always said that there's an intelligence in the chest area and I, I believe there's other intelligences in, in the body also and that they're like uh, cells to the brain that holds information and uh, and that uh, it can hold data so this person actually had a, a heart transplant and he was this really out of shape older guy at least the, the data I have but there's many stories like this and uh, when he got the heart transplant, he changed his diet to like hardcore healthy. And I'm thinking, well, that's because he had a heart transplant. Of course, you know, ah, I want to have a, a good diet now, you know, life or death. But uh, he also um, picked up a lot of other uh, activities and traits and, and interesting things that uh, were not relative to his lifestyle at all. And uh, it turns out that this other person... Uh, was a skydiver and uh, a person who does um, uh, action stuff for movies or whatever, like a stunt guy. And he was very, very active, very, you know, about his diet and ate certain specific foods and everything. And it's as if he, he, he got some of the knowledge from this person through that heart transplant and there's many many stories where people feel like they know other people Um, there's a connection uh, etc so on and so forth and I thought you know it's very interesting because what I'm going to talk about indirectly relates to that information and I almost don't know which one to kind of talk about more because they're both pretty relevant Um, but I guess I'll go into that one because I'm talking about it. Some people are saying, well, if the soul is transplantable, yada, yada, yada. I mean, does that split the soul? Or how can the soul be transplantable from one body to the next body? And it doesn't work that way. It's kind of very similar to what I was saying before. Like if I go to another world and I... I, move into another consciousness and I, I communicate or I teach or I talk and stuff. Other worlds are very different. There's, there's other dimensions that don't work as organically the same as it does here. It's, it's very different. And then there are other worlds that are very organic but then there's timelines and, and how time moves and changes and it's, it's all like, in, it's more like a ball than it is like time is being a, a tapered process. But that's not what I'm, I'm really going to get into right now. My point is this to just simplify things which just really opens up Pandora's box but I'm sure people can ask me about it another time. When I move my consciousness into let's say a different body per se that I'm existing in in some other world at the same time there is the middle pillar. And when, when people say, well, can you have a soul in more than one place at one time? I would say, yes, you can. But it gets very quantum physical. And again, it's, it's not enough time today to get into all of that. But my point is, is that your, your middle pillar can move from one world to the next and move into a frequency that's basically your kind of frequency. And when you move into it, the, the body or organic bodies or whatever bodies from other worlds they, they work very similar in a lot of ways data is held in the body there's the brain let's look at it very simplified the brain stores information and in many cases a soul can be derived from the consciousness of the brain where the energy kind of becomes cohesive as I teach but in this particular case what I'm saying is is that you' you when you leave your body you no longer carry the organic, interests that the, that the body manifests for you for survival reasons which become more complicated as the brain becomes more sophisticated or, or as you evolve. And in essence my point is this. The, this girl, this female had asked me um, basically that when you die whether or not you you continue to have the petty issues that you have in life. And my answer was like, no, it doesn't become relative no more. And they were like, well, how is that possible? You know, you, you carry all this emotional baggage. And I said to her that in some cases you, you do. Some people become so uh, transfixed that they make it part of their energy programming, like part of their consciousness. And this is where you get people that are like, your, your entities roaming the earth that they think that they're still alive but they're in a dream state and they're carrying all this emotional baggage from their biological bodies per se. But I says most spiritual beings if they have uh, created a vessel, a soul, when it leaves the body it's almost immediately you begin to shed um, a lot of your, your neurological desires or interests um, you you don't you know it's like your basic stuff like hunger. A lot of your eyes, if you had those glasses, are instantaneously drop because they're attached to your organic survival. So you know interest in food or interest in, in in physical pleasure or comfort or those things you you don't you can't relate to them no more it's you, there's no connection no more, so it doesn't interfiber into your logic or your process of thinking it's almost as if by default you you almost literally become this more sophisticated or advanced being or a level of of clearer thought through the process of detachment which you try to practice in your physical life. Hence you know why a lot of spiritual teachers will say detachment um. When you, you die, you, you, I mean, it's like, you know, like, they, like I said before, you can't take your girlfriend, you can't take your boyfriend, you can't take your car, you can't take your money, you can't take your clothing, you can't take your jewelry, you can't take all these things. But they're all really attachments through your, your programming as a, as a human being for a sense of survival or comfort, which in many cases have grossly gotten out of control through modern age and economy and everything else. So in essence, you become more truer to an identity of consciousness because you no longer identify with lower needs of, 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 of relating what you are or who you think you are based upon the objects that you possess or you own. You no longer identify, or can identify yourself by the clothing you wear, or the name tags you have, or the jewelry that represents, you know, I'm machismo, or I'm spiritual, or I'm, you know, into to classical things. You no longer have those things, nor do you really have an interest because a lot of those things are biologically connected somehow to identify into your security as a human being. So, when you you die. Uh, almost like 60% of how you identify with yourself is literally shed like an onion peeling its skin, literally in the process of your death uh, scenario. You let go of a lot of your, your identification as to who and what you are by default. And... Of course a lot of this also is your attachment to other human beings. Now a lot of people might say, well that's kind of sad, don't you know, don't you think that you love, you still love a person, it's just that you realize, and I've said this in many classes before, there's not this real sense of attachment no longer in the same sense. It's more instead of saying, I'm leaving you, I'll never get to see you again, your whole idea of time and space changes very dramatically, your relationship with it. It's almost as if you're just leaving to go down the road. You don't think twice about saying bye to somebody. But that person can't relate to it because biologically there's all these neurological attachments and, and flooding of chemicals in your body, but that person no longer has that. Or at least it's it's detaching very rapidly. So spiritually, you you evolve to a much more pristine, higher level, and you reflect back to all these peculiar over emotional sensations. When you're a child you tend to cry more. Or you become more, more empathetically involved with stuff emotionally. And, and even as you grow older and that starts to change and you almost laugh at yourself. Like how, how you feel just so compulsed to cry for no reason and stuff. And as you grow older, would you say that you're more evolved than you were emotionally? And that it was silly that you'd get upset or angry or feel neglected or unloved or pushed away. That you think that it was silly as you got older because you think you were overreacting it is exactly what happens but on a much more profound level as you detach from your biological body it's like you you see these 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 wanting feelings as being almost pushed on you but you can't relate to that as no more than you can as a child because it just feels very real until you you see it from a a higher evolved level and you see that perspective as you begin to be able to separate that chemical drive versus your your intellectual drive as to how you truly identify yourself. You can begin to separate that difference. So spiritually you become a higher evolution uh, as you leave your body, you detach from all these. Uh, these things that you identify in you know everything holds us into place you know the things that embarrass us or shame us the things that bring us joy the things that that you know these are all identifiable things that 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 you you create how you respond or your limitations to how you can perceive yourself or react to things or the amount of pleasure you can take in life it's based upon your perception of yourself Identified through those things. I mean, one could say that you could be having a wonderful time doing something publicly, but if you let one fart out of your ass, you're crushed. You're, you, you withdraw. But in reality, it's, it's a normal biological thing that happens to everybody, but you feel this daunting, massive embarrassment that overwhelms your body. And I, I hate to use something like that, but it's the only way to get a shock or a rise out of somebody. But but it's these kind of things that, that whole, when, you, when in truth, if you were really evolved, you'd kind of be like, what are you going to do? Move on. Should it steal from your life from that moment? No, it shouldn't. But these are things that are... But as a child, everything is like that. You could do something and then all of a sudden you withdraw because you feel... That's how you're going to feel as you evolve spiritually. In fact, as you grow older, much of the times you you identify and you you begin to detach still in layers as you mature. Uh, It's just that the the biggest one of detachment is when you finally reach that level of death. So spiritually, when you hear... Um, spiritual masters talk about detachment. The reason why they talk about detachment is to, to help you understand that you need to find out who you really are, who your consciousness truly is, and that by letting go in your mind at least of what you identify as to what you are or that you see how irrelevant these things truly are, That you can only find yourself and that through detachment you become closer to God or closer to your spirituality because it's almost like everything that you think you are or that you attach yourself to or you identify yourself or the more plastic you become, it's like creating a wall between you and the force or you and the universe. And that you lose your relationship with, with God and, and the universe by doing and, and allowing yourself to automate into these objects, into these things. So, having a conscientious effort when you go to meditate and to say, today or this week, you know, or once a month, I work on detachment and I try to mentally let go, instead of cutting the cords on other people that may be attached to you when you do your sword, perhaps maybe you think of objects to loosen that connection to them. Even a laptop computer, I see people obsessed with them. I see people obsessed with sneakers. I see people obsessed with athletics. I see people obsessed with with even spiritual things, you know. Sometimes, you know, you need to have different kinds of detachments so that you can make sure that, that this is not what you've become. So... Maybe by cutting them is a way of psychologically loosening that bond. It doesn't mean I'm saying throw them all away. I'm saying that it, there is something in your, your spiritual center that feels relieved when you open up byways now or clear an opening in the plastic is what I call it to lit through to the universe. Or that you, you say once a month regularly, I have to think about this because one forgets about how much plastic is around them because it becomes them. It's like when you put your clothing on, you may think about what you're wearing, but once you step out the door, you're no longer thinking about that. You've simply become this identified person for the day. Um, So that is what detachment is about. And detachment can run into many different things and many different classifications. Uh, I'm not saying that one should not look at money and say, well, I have to become detached from money. Look, I believe that you should create a shelter for yourself so that you can be comfortable, which means a home. A home means you need to have finances in order to create that. I think that one should work on their health and their happiness. I think that you should have one foot in life and one foot in your spirituality. The point to emphasizing detachment is that most people by default will definitely get their right foot very far into the physicalness and their foot tends to slide always from their spiritualness. So by emphasizing detachment, I don't think you could ever take your foot out of the physicalness fully. So it'll always be there no matter how hard you pull it out. Unless you can find a mountain in a cave and you that won't go over well after a month. Anyway, the point is, is that, you know, is to cut all that but you 'll still have it, but it it helps you get your foot very centered in your spirituality just by the action of of acknowledging those things and recognizing them is where the power comes is to say do do you know how how much do I identify with these things as being me so again, moving from that detachment back to um again jumping all over i thought I told you it was going to be an odd class to where the biological heart you know where it 's transplanted. It goes into the simple fact of saying that when I move my mind into another body, my middle pillar per se, that you know, it would not be feared that if I said, well, let me teach you about detachment and, and, and explain it from the perspective or let me tell you from the same words, I, would, I, I couldn't because you can't identify to, it's like another language, it's another culture, dramatically different. And oftentimes, you know, I stutter or oftentimes I I jumble up my words. And, you know, the truth to be told is because sometimes I jump around from all these places. I think I get my my brain all scattered. But in essence, when you move into these other bodies, um, it's to say that, you know, I may not be able to recall 100% of the language or identifications from these other worlds because I don't necessarily pull that data with me. And when you're in that body somehow it makes perfect sense how you communicate and how you see things, but that's because of the biological data that's contained in it. It's like when you when you move your conscience in it, you hardwire into those cells that hold all of the information from that world, whether it be language or emotional data. Physical data, I mean, physical data, in my opinion, is emotional data. I've taught you guys about tagging. Everything has a feels like. It's no different anywhere else in the universe. So you you don't necessarily carry that data in your middle pillar because you couldn't function in other worlds if you if you crisscross so much. So you almost leave that data so you can, can operate in this one. So when you move into this vessel, you plug into that information source, which is stored in that body, and then you, you kind of... Find a way to communicate, or, or that it it, it it what is the word I'm looking for? It it kind of interfibers with with your data so it becomes one, so that you can it makes sense. Um, you 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 there's a word for it in in science here. I forget what it's called, but but so this is when you know when you take hearts, and I find it interesting, and you transplant that data into another body. You're getting some of that data, but you're, you're making it into a third, so it becomes your own. Do you know what I'm saying? It doesn't necessarily mean you, your soul is, is in there. It's not. It's just data that's stored organically, and then it, it wires into your, your, your process. So again, when you have detachment, a lot of that stuff is the stuff that you let go of, ironically. And so this is where this all came in—is is through the detachment and the cell structure. Does it make sense that that a lot of that is organic, rel- relative, emotional, or identification? And when you leave your body, you don't really carry that with you. I mean, you can draw on the knowledge of it, but you no longer identify with it as much. It's—it only can work for you if you have the machinery to operate it do you get what I'm saying so you you lose that machinery when you move out of your body and it's a it's it's a good thing because you really can identify it with what and who you are and that's what makes you into a higher being but also in the same token it is your experiences here that make you a richer being do you know often you know I would think that the next question at least if I was a student I would ask is that then what are the kind of things that I would take with me when I leave this world? And I would say they are the richest moments of what bring you the greatest pleasure in life. It's the identification to maybe a child that that you've given birth to or that so there's there's this 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 connection to another life form. Um, There are moments when you see sunrises and sunsets and you see life there these are the epiphany moments the the cream of the, the that moment, you know, it, there was something once I read by... Um, uh, uh, God, I forget everything, especially when I start talking about this stuff, my main memory dumps, because my mind wants to move into this. Um, Carl, Jung. Carl Jung, brilliant. Uh, Carl Jung uh, once said that uh, when he got really old, he says, what is it that you remember? He says, you don't remember people's names as much. You don't remember certain specific things, but he says the things you remember are like the moment that he says when he was a child, they lived in this, this house near this big hill or something. And he says that his father woke him up Early, extra early, and he brought him out, and it was still dark out, and the sun was coming up or something, and the sun lit up like this whole area. And he says, He says, it was so beautiful. It's so amazing. He says, He says, that's what he remembers in his old ages is, is everything else is feeling in his mind. It's those absolute pivotal moments that are what i call universal moments that this is what enriches the soul do you see what i'm saying obviously he clearly remembered being woken up by his father he remembered the house and stuff but you know he may not remember names of people you're not going to remember who you had a cocktail with at certainly but it's it's the most richest moments and this is a collection in your life that this is part of the reason why you journey here it's also to help civilization, to help worlds, and to help souls be created to enrich in the universe. But at the same token, your personal journey, okay, is about enriching your soul. And what it comes down to is those moments aren't the moments about the objects you own. It's not about what you think you are. It's, it's really always detached moments. It's about the moments where, where they are just really life-filled, and those are the things that will enrich in, in the architecture of your dimensional consciousness to move through the universe and allow you to move into higher planes and move towards what I call the, the absolute to Godness that, that that God has embodied these things and that's the richness of the totality of His frequency. So you're adding more um, uh, complexities to the richness of your vibration and that's what allows you to match tones per se to move into the presence of God or move closer to that presence that you, you seek to find. So, uh, I hope that was what I wanted to talk about. So, I would say to people that if you guys were going to work on something, you know, it's one thing to work in your meditations, but if you want to reach a higher level of your spiritualness, a higher level of enlightenment, or you want to, to cut out the dough, there would be a point where you can become very spiritual, or you're going to become very compounded by the fear. That by thinking about detachment now and, and putting that into your practice okay, is going to raise your spiritualness. It's going to, to make you mightier. It's going to make you closer to enlightenment. That the more that you can, you can bring in detachment into your consciousness and your understanding, the more that you're going to, to evolve spiritually. And that it's, it's something that's going to enrich your meditations dramatically. Somehow this all goes full circle to, to this other world that I was teaching in recently. And, and this question that was posed to me is that when you leave your body, a lot of the stuff that you think is who you are, you're going to leave behind. And that if you want to evolve to a higher state when you leave your body, the more that you can implement and understand detachment, the more that you become part of this higher state of consciousness. Another way to to look at it is this. I often say, you know, God is not a man and is not a woman, but yet it's both polarities. And that if you can, can look at your way that you identify yourself, am I a man or am I a woman, and move kind of beyond that, that that's a, a way to grow closer to, to become a spiritual being. If you look at most spiritual masters, you'll notice that they're a blend of almost feminine and masculine energy. There's a very nurturing, loving part of them, but there's a powerful part of them. And that's a balance. That's, that's the universe. There's a, there's a harmonic and that the same token goes that if you can understand that that it helps you evolve in your physical life, this life, this now, to evolve to a higher place. Because the more that you can separate to what you think you are as a human being, the more that you can move past that, the, the more that, that God consciousness can move in you, it can come alive in you. Again, my point is, is that by the concept is that, the, that if you can, in your mind, you, you get it. That there's this balance, that that when that moment happens within within the months, you you evolve to a higher level. Like everything, you begin to see and understand. Music sounds more beautiful and richer. Uh, trees seem more lively and more colorful. Paintings seem more expressive. That that it's almost like a veil is peeled peeled away that you were looking through, that made everything look a little bit less. Uh, filtered but you never knew it. It's like regular TV and HD. Life when your mind gets that epiphany moment, you know, that you understand the concept that I'm saying, that it slowly peels it away or it's like a more like a lens. It starts to tune in over months. You do do leaps in those months compared to what you've done in 20 years of your life. And this is what makes your your spiritual vibration get stronger. And when I say that if you can understand detachment and you can, you can put it into practice, it's again one of those lenses where it peels away and how you understand things, how you move through the universe, how you can, you can all of a sudden let your mind, there is a correlation between moving your mind outward and detachment. I think detachment keeps your mind contained in the body and that understanding detachment somehow moves the objects that that seems to be like glue that holds your mind in that understanding detachment and when you put it into practice emotionally consciously you can't just say you understand it this is why it takes months it's something that that evolves and changes in you that that you you kind of go you you know once in a while you think about your attachment and that's what what begins to break that that blockage up that you evolve and then your, your understanding of your mind becomes richer. It's your mind can, can move more. It's not so locked into place by what's, what's structured around it, saying this is what you are. You can't move past these things. That It's funny that the, the little things that are connected to you could have such profound things spiritually. Um, so it's through detachment, I think, that your mind can breathe and it can move to these monumental levels and this is why it's critically important. If you overdo detachment and you say, well, well, I don't need my clothing, I don't need my house, I'm going to live in the jungle and I I know people like this. You you have lost the reason to be here. You're you're here to integrate with life. But you know, you remember, build your 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 life around your spirituality, not your spirituality around your life. Um, you don't want to lose your connection with the world, but you don't want the world to to crystallize you, and that that in itself becomes the, the the you know the whole purpose of it. Any questions? Bring it on.
0: So when you practice detachment, wouldn't it if you got like good at it, wouldn't it take away the passion that kind of feeds your soul?
2: It's a very good question, and from a woman, she would get it and it's it's an excellent question um and and I wanted to talk about that but you know I mean, my mind jumps to other things you know um it isn't it isn't let me explain it differently in terms let me find my feminine side to maybe find a, a different way to explain it have you ever been so happy and in love that you couldn't express it like you're just you feel it internally and it's just so beautiful, it can move you to tears, but you're so happy, but it, it's like a, like something inside of you. It's like that. Instead of being more like trying to channel it through like, oh, let me, ah, you don't, it's more like you're just sitting there and you're just, it's, it's like watching that sunrise on the mountain. You don't you, it's not something that you're interacting with other people or you're you're holding something or you or you're hugging something It's more that something that's that's an explosion of 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 awareness by by an observation, but you don't need that observation no more once you've experienced it you you just feel it You have these intense emotions, but they're more pure Th- does that make sense I think that that there are biological emotional experiences that you can recognize, like, you you know, like, I'm not going to cry, and you're crying, and you're like, I told myself not to cry, but you can feel that, that argument inside of you. Versus other times where you're so happy, and you're so blissful, either spiritually, or emotionally, or, or when you feel like the presence of God come in you, okay? Have you ever, like, felt so loved at a moment, or felt so spiritual at a moment, that, that, it's not something that you 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 can look at in the second person in the sense it's just like it's just so you at that moment it's so so big that it fills you up that you can't even look at yourself because it's you're so in it does that make sense that that it's a very hard to define difference but they're very dramatically different does does that help at all
0: yeah i mean and i that the Yes and then like my other question would be like if you're like say an artist like yep. like my dad and passions to paint and, Right. but if he were to practice right. detachment wouldn't right. it take away that that passion for art?
2: No, 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 it doesn't. It's 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 he would see a much more deeper level to his art. It would just go to a different level. It would go to a, a level of of boy, how can I explain this? There's a level of beauty that you can see on the surface of something. And then there's a level of beauty that you want to get in that popping moment. Like I'm looking out at the flowers and you can look at the tree and you can go, that's beautiful. But what would be more beautiful is is not to see it as it sees now you can go wow it's, it would be the moment that you could capture it coming to life the birth of of a budding flower that in that moment of popping there is a moment of of deeper expression coming from it rather than the 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 moment of here's the presentation it's more the moment of of progress of of opening there there is it's 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 a richer level of, of definement. You know, it's it, again, it goes back to the moment of haven't you ever looked at stuff? Or, or there are stuff as a child you appreciate. And then as you grow older, you look back and you go, I never got that before, but now I get it. Like I, I never, I never understood that really before. And I, when I looked at it, I, I was always like, oh yeah. It's like, but now I understand. It's like now, now I really get what that really means. I'm trying to think. There was, there's stuff that, that you know. I mean, everybody must do that, isn't there? Stuff that you, you didn't get before, and then all of a sudden, one, one minute, you, you look at it and you go, oh my God, now I finally get it. Do, do you understand what I'm saying? I'm trying to. Th- well, physical, because that's what you can relate to at the moment, and I can translate that into to something more emotional. What I'm saying is, is that your, your, your sense of understanding gets on a much richer level. It's, it's like to a level that you could, you could never have brought it to before. Do you understand? Like, hasn't your artwork progressed personally? Yes. Okay. How do you know the difference that it's progressed? Did you not think that was the most amazing stuff when you were doing it? Yeah. Did it not mean something to you then? Mm-hmm. If you would see what you're doing now, would it meant as much to you now, a piece of artwork, to the level that you could have understood it then? Yes, you, you couldn't have. I mean, you would have looked at it, you would have said, that's nice, but you couldn't, you couldn't. there's something inside of you that couldn't perceive it. It couldn't see inside of that piece of art. Only somebody that's, that has the, the, the experience could see the fucking mastery of it. Do you understand? That's what, when you have detachment, you see the truest level of, of, of what brilliance is behind something. It's a, it's a kind of instant maturity. Or it speeds up your maturity level of, of what is amazing. You could say, well, doesn't it make everything else less amazing? It does. But it opens you up to a higher truth of, of, of greater amazement that you begin to, to, to be able to move into. Do you understand? Now somebody might say, well, well, maybe I want those levels of, of experiences. Well, you still get them. You still get them. It's just that your, your maturity changes in the sense of how you can perceive things. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Does that make sense for everybody? Yeah, it was a tough one to figure out, but a, a girl will understand that better than a guy at first, I think. They're they're more sophisticated in that way. And I think that's how I see things. And I think that's why you know I'm I'm also very honest when I say, oh, well, you know, <laughs> you know, yeah, I can't fib. You know, it's like it's it's just so clear to me you know, but um, it, your perception of things changes. It's, it's more like you live in the deeper level of the now than, than, in, than in, in, in like this other state. Um, I know I prefer it mostly, but you know, you know, let me explain something else to you. As long as you're in a biological body, you will always get both. That it's harder to be in the place that I'm talking about, detached. Because you will always become unattached. Detachment is always maintenance. As long as you're in your physical body, it's it's like manicuring a, a beautiful lawn. You can make it look very beautiful. That takes work. But if you neglect it, what happens? It none turns to crap. It turns to a different level of beauty. It turns to to what nature intended. Okay. But did nature plant the tree in that spot or this tree? so it can get out of control and still beautiful but n- maybe nature wouldn't have brought that Japanese apple tree to this field because you're, you're in another country. You did but nature will take the progress of letting it be what it was supposed to be but you interact and you can make it into this other more you know, different kind of beauty. Do you see what I'm saying? Well, one would say that, well, isn't that kind of control? Don't you want natural beauty? And I would say, well, God is an intelligence. God created the universe. Is that not a controlled beauty? Do you understand? That, that there has to be an integration, a dance between the two.
0: So you're saying by detachment you would see the beauty in that overgrowth?
2: And- You'd see both. This is the beauty of it. You see it all where you couldn't see the other beauty. You can then see it. It's, it's just like, the, but if it, you will always get pulled into this world because by default, if you don't maintain the work in your spiritualness, do you see what I'm saying? As long as you're in this dimension, if you neglect it, it will revert and then it's work to kind of get it back organized. Does, does that make sense? So you, you get the, the best of both because you'll always neglect. It's, it's, I do it, I mean I'm pretty advanced and I'm like shit I haven't been working on myself lately. But The beauty is, is you can organize it faster because you remember the process of how to do it and you learn each time. So even if you neglect you can go, well, you know what I know what I need. It's not like I need to get the manual out to try to remember how to do it. I've done it so many times I can get it back under control very quickly. This is why I always say I can screw off more than you guys. 'Cause I can get get my A game back on faster. So does that all make sense? You guys you guys get it?
0: Yeah, there, there is one thing I'm wondering about.
2: Oh yeah. Ring a bell. Oh, yeah. um, ring a bell.
0: <laughs> well you have you know we're talking about um,
2: doing things in this world for the force. Yeah. And if you look at your eyes and you know how to craze for sugar and, and you know those you know, everything in sex, everything that's physical for the body is what it right. for. How do you how do you bridge that to working for the force and having that same drive as you have to get security or sugar things like right, that? Right, right. I mean, how does that all work? I mean, you can say that, um, you know, recently we talked about a student, you know, and I said, well, he doesn't have any motivation for this material world, you know, he must be the, the force. I mean, how does that come through the body, that motivation mm-hmm. to, to drive yourself to work for the force and, and you know, uh, dedicate yourself to the force. Without wanting sugar, if that made sense you know? well, but this this is where where all of your practices are tools, and if you if you don't put it into practice, then you lose that that thing it's all maintenance, and if you neglect something, you're going to let it go to shit. I mean, if you neglect grooming your hair and brushing your teeth, you you're not going to have good teeth, and you're going to have bad hair. You know, matter of opinion. But if you if you don't maintain things or put forth some kind of effort, you you lose it. But if you if you put enough effort, eventually you get to the point where you don't think about that effort no more. You you just it just becomes your present state, and you you just it's just part of your process. You forget. You get lazy. You change. You're, you're, you change your hairstyle over time. You change your clothing style and time. Your personality grows and enriches with age. Your spirituality is going to probably change also. So you have to adapt with that. And you have to put certain things into practice. But it will adapt with you if you work with it. But if you don't put any effort... I keep talking about this. I've, I've said before, and this is an old teaching, you know, that when, when, when you go to bed at night, it's like rain... A certain kind of rain comes down and it's called effort. You guys remember the class? And everybody gets only a certain amount of it for spirituality. It's almost enough to make you have enough substance to exist. And that if you want more of it, you've got to convert that into your meditation. And if you meditate and you you work on doing the things that you've been taught and you put them into action, you'll start to collect more of this pranic kind of energy and it will motivate you more. To eventually, you get it so strong again that you don't you don't think about it no more. It just becomes you become this v- v- spiritual juggernaut. You become just very empowered. When when I teach, the pranic comes to me. You can almost see it in me. I have to almost warm up. But but what you don't see is this this pranic energy moving into me, and it's what feeds me. It's like draws me. There's a reciprocation. The universe acknowledges that I'm doing something spiritual by feeding you guys, by teaching you guys. So it's like a tree. The tree sees the deer eat the, the fruit and it says, ah, if I make a better fruit, it'll eat more and it will, will bring my offspring and shit it out in the woods and then the plants will grow my offspring. The universe says Eric's teaching, he's, 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 he's giving my energy to, to other people and I need to give more to Eric so that he can give more to other people. Do you understand? So chronically, there's always this relationship. This is a universal truth. So if you want to have your spirituality, you must fight for it. It is a struggle, okay? And that Gaia is going to do what Gaia does. It's going to grow the forest over you. It's going to, to trees will, will grow so big that the little trees can't find the sun no more. It'll push out the, the weak for the stronger, okay? Okay. If you want to become the dominant, you must must push for your spirituality to fight to get the most light, to get the most energy so that you can give forth in the, in the universe what, what you have to. This is the nature of the universe. That, that if you fall asleep too much or you do not find attachment, you will fall asleep and you will become part of the machine. Do you understand? That if you think that there has to be this moment where something's just going to motivate me or it's just going to happen for me, no, you're weak. You're going to fall asleep and you, you're going to be forgotten. You're just going to live and die and you will become part of this, this, this life process on this planet. Or you will fight for, for your sunlight. You will fight for your spiritual growth and you will give your fruits out. And you will proliferate in the, in the universe just like a, a species of plant will in in, in in the forest. You have to decide. The universe will give you enough prana, but it, 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 it can't give it all to you. You have to ask for it. The, the universe will not push itself on you. You have to, to ask the universe to come to you. If you don't ask, it's not going to bully you and say you have to do it. So I, I always am amused by people that, that, you know, whoever is very spiritual and you go, wow, how do they do it? They do it because they get up every day and they apply themselves. And then now it becomes effortless. There's always a little bit of effort, okay? But it's easier. It's almost like a a glide thing, like a swing. The first push is hardest. The second is a little hardest. But once the momentum's going, you just got to give a little energy and it moves, the people who have fallen asleep have lost their momentum. Give it a big enough push and you will find how easy it returns, how natural it becomes. Everybody here, universal truth. If you haven't meditated for a week or a month or several, um, but do you understand what I'm saying? So you've got to fight. That, that is your one piece, your one chance that said, God said, jumped into your moment of your life and grabbed you and said, remember me. And then all of a sudden started to fade and said, remember me, remember me, remember me. And you're like, oh, Sally, pass me the coffee. What do we got to do today? You know, this is, this, is, this is the universe jumping in and saying, let me give you one fighting chance. Let me come into your dream and inspire you, make you feel me. When you wake up in the morning, find me. And then what do you do? That's a choice. You make that that choice. How many times has, has the universe tried to reach back into your life? How many times has it fought to bring you back? And then you either dismiss it or you go, I, I'm i going to hang on to this. And if you can just do two or three meditations, you, you'll probably get a good gription. This is why I say the feathers belong on a wing. If you do not unite yourselves, if you do not say, let's meditate, let's work together, let's do something spiritual together, you feed one another. This is where your strength comes from. The dark side will will split you apart. And when you're on your own, you can only last so long unless you're the strongest of the strong. And there's no shame. If you use pride to think, I can survive on my own right now, you will feel. Even the master gathers. What do I do? I gather. I gather. Where do I get my strength from? I teach. I keep my students around me. Do you understand? Now, I think I can find spirituality out in the forest and I can get very rich with it. But then I disconnect from feeding the fruit to the forest. Do you understand? The universe says, oh, let's let's work on you alone. But when you isolate too much, you're no longer giving either. Do you understand? One foot in, one foot out. So... You you have to use one another to inspire you. You can't just all say, oh, on twelve o'clock noon we're going to meditate. You know why? Because the meditation becomes machine like. Go to the park and meditate. Change it up. Go and do something spiritual, whether it's 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 something completely different. Go to a haunting. Go to some. Find, if you've done it all and you're bored, find something new to inspire you. If you don't, you will fall asleep. And when the time you wake up in your spiritualness, you'll go oh, it's been three years, oh, it's been five years, oh, it's 20 years now, I've only wakened three, four times. I have to, my time here is almost gone. Have I done what I've come here to do? Have you stayed awake long enough? Only the strongest will survive here, only the strongest. And you can either bloom or you can fade away. And it, it is your choice. The universe will not bully you to, to stay in or out. It is your teacher's job to inspire you. This is what I'm trying. I'm trying to reach out and inspire you. That's my job. It's like to say, what does the shepherd do for the priest? Or what does the Buddhist monk do for, for the... the it, it is, that's the job. But you have to remember, the teacher may not always be there. So the teacher must withdraw silently and watch and observe if the student is trying to help themselves. And those are the ones that the student, the teacher watches and says, this one is special. Now that they've starved enough on their own and they hung in there, I'm gonna intervene and, and put something very impactful in their life because those are the strong ones. The ones that can go out to see on their own the furthest, the osprey per se or whatever, those are the ones you want to put the strength into because those are the ones that are going to move into the future the furthest. They're going to do the greatest work. The ones that f- keep falling off the, f- the, f- the floor and have to be picked up all the time, I, I ain't got all the time to babysit. I ain't got a time to wipe the asses and wipe the mouth and stuff and baby spoon feed. Show me what you got. Show me why you deserve the armaments that I can give you because I only got so many armaments to give. Who do I give to? So this is what it's about. The universe every night will give you a certain amount of prana. It is up to you to decide if you will waste it or if you will utilize it. You must go to your comrades and you must inspire them. You must find gatherings. You must work with one another. You must do stuff that, that and it will come to you. God will move upon you so swiftly it will knock you on your ass if you simply open your heart to it.
1: With this episode, we are offering a free guided session of the energy defense exercise, Cord Cutting. You can download your free copy by visiting rebelgururadio.com forward slash episode 21. If you like this podcast, please subscribe on iTunes and leave a positive review to help others like yourself find this knowledge. If you would like to support this podcast, please visit our online store, at HigherBalance.com
0: Meditation. It's more than just relaxation. There are different kinds of meditation just like there are different tools to do a job. Finding the right kind of meditation will decide whether you awaken or whether you just simply drift. Energy, more than just a thought, but of movement that you can literally feel through your body. Visions, more than a faded idea within your consciousness, but rather a vivid reality so clear it'll make you question reality itself. Meditation, if used properly, will show you how. To move the currents of your mind into a better life, a more prosperous life, consciousness expanding, memory improvement, inner balance, higher balance. Most of all, discover who and what you are and what you can do. Join us at Higher Balance Institute will help change your world.